Hello, welcome to Tea Hangs for the Memories. I am your host, Darren, and today we're going to be talking about uh, Forrest Gump. Um, I feel like I should not have to introduce this film to anybody because it was the second highest grossing film of 1994, released on the 6th of July, which feels appropriate, uh, given that it is a portrait of America. It made a ton of money. It, I think to this day it still remains Robert Zemeckis' highest grossing film. It is the first time of three, I think, where um, Tom will be working with Robert Zemeckis, I would say with diminishing returns. Um, and I would say that is true of pretty much all the directors that Tom eventually returns to um, after 2004. It is with diminishing returns. Um, it got 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. It gets 95% for the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. So, you know, uh, the crowds love it. 8.8 .8 on IMDb. It is the fourth of the Golden 14, as I am calling them, as we move through Tom Hanks's um, unbeaten run, uh, which will grind to a halt once he meets the Coen brothers. Um, Tom won the Oscar, of course, back-to-back uh, -back Oscars, first time in, I don't know how many years, it was a while, a few decades before someone had actually managed to do that. Um, not only is Tom Hanks getting top billing, but he is Forrest Gump on the poster. It says Tom Hanks is, uh, he doesn't get the is credit when the credits roll, though, it says Tom Hanks in Forrest Gump, um, but it is about as top billed as you can get. Um, he is the title character, which, uh, off the top of my head, I think this is the first time that he plays the title character that has both names, not just where he plays a guy versus a volcano. Um, or a or guy versus a person... Hooch. Yeah. Yes, a guy versus Hooch, which, of course, Daniel will remember because he was on that episode. Joining me to talk about this, we have returning from Turner and Hooch, uh, Daniel Ifland. Hello, Daniel. G'day, Dan. G'day, everyone. And we have Erin uh, Gambrell. Hello, Erin. Hello. And Rob Arnold. Hello, Rob. Hello. Life is like a box of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, obviously, you know, this is based on a novel, which uh, last time for Tom, that did not go well. Um, it ended with, um, one might say, a bonfire and uh, mostly of studio money. And in this case, it did the opposite. It did really, really well. Um, although it is based on a novel that basically nobody read. Um, aside from, I'm guessing, somebody in Robert Zemeckis' office <laughs> and said to Robert, do you want to make this into a film? The novel rights are probably very cheap because it sold nothing. Um, and there was some controversy around the author, Winston Groom, who um, apparently did not get paid very much for this. And um, unlike Tom Hanks, who apparently also got paid nothing, this is the odd thing, but decided to take a percentage of the box office because Tom Hanks at this point in his career was not stupid, um, unlike the title character. And so he made like 40 million off this. <laughs> and But according to the accountants at Paramount, uh, the film made no money. And so the author got no back end and got paid a, a very small sum just for the rights. And then he sued them. And this became like a like a kind of model case of what Hollywood accounting looks like. Um, with the accountants at Paramount basically saying, look, every film we make basically loses all the money and we never make any money. And that's why we couldn't pay the author any money. Um, and then his you know, lawyers disagreeing and say, well, you paid Tom Hanks quite a lot. And so he ended up coming out with a deal with a couple of million. So, um, you know, but that was also probably one of the reasons why the sequel novel, uh, Gump and Co., um, begins with a scathing review of Hollywood <laughs> saying even when they adapt your story, they end up getting it wrong. And throughout that novel, it takes very many pot shots at Hollywood and, you know, people adapting uh, books. And also, at one point, the character runs into Tom Hanks, which I have no idea if they had <laughs> if they'd ever managed to make this into a sequel, how that ever would have worked. 
Um, but I guess probably a lot of green Come screen. Come on, special effects. Um, they did it here. <laughs> yeah. Zemeckis, Zemeckis yeah. has got some. Uh, Zemeckis has got some history with making people run into each other as well. So yeah, I oh, guess true. it would have been fun. They had promised Winston Groom a percentage, kind of like with Tom Hanks, to the sequel, like that they were going to contract him for making the sequel, and then they just never did. <laughs> so. <laughs> It was like, it's pretty shady all around. Well, uh, Eric Eric Roth, who wrote the screenplay for this and also wrote the screenplay for Curious Case of Benjamin Buttons, which I shall henceforth mm. refer to as Benji Buttons, as I did on the Social Minute podcast. Um, uh, like, basically, he came up with a script for um, Gump and Co., which was the, the sequel, um, sometime in 2001. But then following um, September 11th, um, apparently it went into development hell and they, you know, because obviously the raison d'etre of the film is him meeting people and being part of history. And um, apparently there was no way that Eric Roth felt he could work in the attacks of 9-11 and keep it in the same kind of tone. Um, you know, although obviously in this film, you know, he, he meets JFK and then he's like, and then a few years later, someone shot him. In fact, there's a very odd running joke in the film of, Forrest Gump meeting people and then later getting shot. Um, it's which, yeah, so I, but you know, so I guess that works as kind of like a gag, but they, you know, they just could not, um, they couldn't make, uh, they couldn't make it work. Apparently in 2007, there was some announcement about, you know, they were, they were speaking to Robert Zemeckis and other directors about, you know, getting the sequel made. And, you know, at, well, as you could tell in the year 2021, it never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, although apparently uh, there is a reference uh, by John Waters in the film Cecil B. Demented, where he talks about the Forrest Gump sequel and he calls it Forrest Gump Gump Again, um, <laughs> which I think if they'd ever made it, that would have been that would have been a good title. It's funny because uh, I had when I saw this at the cinema uh, with my younger brother um, to date remains the only time I've gone to the cinema with just my younger brother. Um, I, I, I like kind of... Um, I don't think I kind of picked up on when it's meant to be set, but obviously, the, you know, the, the novel came out in like 86 and the, and it's site kind of set a few years before that. So in like 94, when the film came out, the film is still set sometime in the 80s. Um, so I'm guessing the sequel, you know, would have picked up after that and would have continued you know, into the 90s. And you know, whatever year the film came out, it would have kind of kept going. I mean, yeah, uh, it, it ends in 82. Right, because 81, um, 81 yeah. Reagan was shot, and that was the day that he met, uh, that he went to go meet Jenny. So we assume it's about a year later. Yeah. Right. And the, t- the yeah. there's a tombstone. I don't know when, right. when we want to get into the spoilers, uh, but that says 82. Um, so, you know, uh, the funny, the, I mean, the funniest thing is um, Tom Hanks doesn't do sequels. This, I mean, it sounds weird to Toy say Story. that because obviously... He's done Toy Story. Yeah, he's done Toy Story 2, 3, and 4. And obviously he's done the two Angels and Demons say, and, and, Angels and Inferno. And but but outside of that, he doesn't do sequels. And he hasn't done any other sequels. Um, so either you have to be Pixar or you have to be Ron Howard with a boatload of cash. And that is how you get Tom Hanks to do a sequel. But other, So I don't, I, I'm, I'm not 100% convinced that Paramount would have been able to get him back. Or, like, his fee would have probably ended up being too high. Um, or they would have ended up having to give him even more of the box office. Uh, I mean, I think the, the, the 9-11 thing is important because this... I do well, not yeah. think this film would exist in a post-9-11 world. Like, that... It's the ideology, the fairy tale behind it. It's very pre-all of that. So, yeah. I mean, I can certainly understand 
why they never revisited it. Yeah. I mean, it's probably also one of the reasons why, uh, you know, Benji Buttons kind of finishes with Katrina. Um, but obviously the character by that point is, spoiler alert for Benjamin Buttons, is a baby who is senile and so isn't interacting with the world. So you can kind of gloss over what is whatever is going on with the rest of the world because he's just gradually turning into a senile baby. So for the last kind of, you know, uh, I don't know, 20% of that film, his character is just, is not really doing anything. Uh, whereas before that point, he's obviously, you know, he's in World War Two, and he's, you know, like he, he's kind of doing what Forrest Gump does and kind of taking part in various events, mm-hmm. um, you know. So, but of, it's all set a lot earlier, so it, it, it finishes um, before the point where we, we get to... In fact, I'm sure he dies way before 9-11, um, you know, given how old the character played by... Uh, Galadriel, what's her character? What's her real Kate name? Blanchett. I can't remember the name. Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. Uh, given, given how old Kate Blanchett is by the end of that film, of you know, it feels like Benjamin Button finished being involved in the world a long time before that. And yeah, I, it, if this film had been made a few years later, it's just insane. Like it would, I'm almost certain if they'd started making it, they would have been like, well, we've got to have to make it clear that it finished it. Like they make it very clear where it is so that they can avoid any talk of. Uh, it, it, is, it is a comment on how we how we view or how we I'm, I'm let's say the Western world because I'm I'm very much not American, but how 9/11 is viewed when you know the Vietnam War is front and center in this movie, which is as big a, a you know mm. loss of life cultural event uh, outcome for America as 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 9/11 was, but but the reaction to that by the time we get to 1994 is that it's well and truly past fodder for commercial movies and series and and everything so it's just just an interesting yeah how how the decades work i recently i just by accident watched on friday the uh there's this uh, netflix series which uh, came out last year and this is the second season uh the movies that made us and they have an episode on forrest gump the final episode of the second season and it was fascinating they really explain how close this movie came to not being made uh, because as much as people liked it, the studio hated it. And the studio didn't want to spend money on it and didn't think it was going to work or anything like that. So, you know, Tom Hanks and Robert Zemeckis wanted the movie to get, get made. So during the course of production, they both ended up saying, all right, you know what? You need the money to, to make the movie. We're going to get, we're going to uh, forego our salaries in order to use that money towards the movie and then we'll just take percentages so it wasn't something that that they asked for um at the beginning it was something that they actually asked for along the way uh, again it's possible that what they say in 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 this uh documentary is wrong that that i don't know <laughs> i'm just going based on what they said there and they don't mention very much about wilson groom some of uh, there about how um how little he got or anything like that they, they mostly dealt with all the different production people who tried who, who moved this movie along in order to get it made? So I thought that was just a good point to, to yeah. mention that. And anyone who hasn't seen it should see that. It's interesting. Because it, it, the, the whole series is fascinating. They've had eight episodes and all eight movies. Uh, it's just amazing all the things that they say about them, about how they were actually made. Very cool. Uh, I saw this at the cinema with my youngest brother, as I said, um, and it's really weird because I, I don't know why, but I mean, obviously I like Back to the Future, everyone likes Back to the Future, I feel that's a given, it's not, uh, you know, uh, like one of the first films that I ever saw at the cinema with my uh, close friend who I've known for, you know, many years now, uh, was Back to the Future 3, in fact I think we saw Back to the Future 3 and Gremlins 2 within the space of 
I don't know, like a, a few weeks at the cinema. Um, and so I've also seen, um, you know, who I saw Who Framed Roger Rabbit at the cinema. That was a fun experience with my family. Um, and then Forrest Gump and also What Lies Beneath and Castaway and Beowulf and A Christmas Carol and Flight and The Walk and Alide and even Welcome to Marwen. Somehow I seemed, I, I, out of like all the directors in the world, I seem to have seen pretty much all, like most of Robert Zemeckis' films at the cinema. Um, not the Polar Express, although obviously I'll have to force myself to watch that at some point this year. Um, so I was just wondering. That was, a, that was a fun movie. It was fun. <laughs> it was weird, but fun. It's creepy. It's creepy because of the way they, they, they do the, the special effects. Oh, there. I will definitely I get recommend into that. reading the picture book it's based on. That that author illustrator is one of my favorites. Um, so I was just going to say, did anyone else see this at the cinema? Or can you remember the first time that you were introduced to Forrest Gump? And I'm going to go um, backwards by age. Uh, so let's start <laughs> with uh, Aaron. <laughs> do you know I, how yeah, old, do you do know you know how old we are? We are? <laughs> I don't know if I thought, for some reason, I thought I was your age or older, Darren. Um, so, yeah, I saw it in the theater. Um, I was young. Like, it's it was PG-13, and I was, like, maybe 11 or 12. Um, but I have a lot of older siblings, and so they always took me to, to stuff. Um, but, yeah, I specifically remember seeing it in the theater because the opening shot is so beautiful and, like, the, the music and everything and, and just really makes you feel, like... You know, you're at the movies. Um, and I remember not fully understanding what was happen what was happening when uh Forrest's teacher and his mother um <laughs> are at home. Principal, principal, principal. Oh, sorry, principal, principal. <laughs> yeah. Um and then, you know, Forrest makes that super awkward noise at him. Um, I was like, This is very uncomfortable, <laughs> but I don't know I didn't know why. Um and yeah, I definitely did not pick up on um, the stuff with Jenny, although, you know, you could see just by the place that she lived that, you know, her family was like, you know, impoverished, um, and she just didn't have a great home life, but a lot of it definitely went over my head. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I liked it. It's like a, like a, a movie movie, like a proper, you know, epic movie, um, especially for an American, a young American, uh, who was still quite patriotic, I'm sure at that time. Um, but yeah, it was good. I've seen it many times since. My history since then has been, weirdly enough, um, the practice space that uh, I used to be in a band years and years ago, the practice space that we used and other bands in the area used, um, as well as like a you know basement show hall, um, had a huge picture of Tom Hanks on the bench because someone at that house had like worked at a movie theater. Um, and so like every punk show I'd been to, it was backed by uh, Tom Hanks as Forrest Gump. Um, and for some reason, it was always like playing on the TV, I feel like, at that house. So I've seen this movie quite a few times. <laughs> yeah, uh, I saw this when I was uh, 18 um, and or, or 17, around there. And uh, yeah, somewhat enjoyed it. Saw it at the cinemas with everybody else. We went to the movies every weekend. It was, Gump was, it was really popular. I don't want to say that Gump fever was sweeping the nation here, but you couldn't move for hearing someone do an impression of Forrest Gump for a long time. Um, and having the name Dan, I got a fair bit of that. And still do very occasionally. You'll get Daniel Sun or Lieutenant Dan. Like you still get, I still get that from, from people my age now. So yeah, it was very popular. I enjoyed it at the time. It was, um, and I'm sure we'll get into this. It's an astonishingly goofy movie that um, sort of 
that that sort of that criticality part of it's only come around in the last couple of years, I feel, about just how goofy a movie it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I did enjoy it at the time, just as a and Aaron does, as Aaron said, it's a very movie movie. It all is consciously aping almost sort of like fifties style uh, Hollywood. So yeah, no, I enjoyed it. And then, uh, so then Rob. Uh... I was assuming you were the oldest of us, Rob. That's why we were going backwards. I think yeah. you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> I, I was 20, almost 21 when the movie came out. So I guess that sort of makes me uh, the oldest of, of, of the bunch here. Uh, yeah, so I saw it in the theater. I remember hearing about it a few weeks before it came out. Highly anticipated. Uh, I went opening night. One of the great things about living in my country is that movies come out on Thursday nights. So I usually get to see movies before everyone else in the world gets to see them. So I get to go to a Thursday night showing you know, Forrest Gump where people in America have to wait till midnight their time to, to go to that Friday showing or whatever it is. I, I don't remember what day of the week it actually came out that year uh, because of the fact that, as you mentioned before, Darren, it was uh, uh, 4th of July or it came out right after the 4th of July. So it might have been, you know, a different day. But I, so I don't remember what day, but I know I did get to see it before uh, most people in the world has that. And I loved it. I'm a history buff, and I loved all of the, quote, kisses with history that they did here. Um, if any of you have seen, there's de- there are deleted scenes of, of even more that they, they that didn't make the final cut. There was one with uh, uh, George Bush when he was the uh, ambassador to China. So I think during the, the ping pong, um, the pong uh, shots, so he has to meet him there at some point. I, I didn't go back and revisit the, 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 the scenes that were, that were deleted, so I couldn't tell you specifically which ones uh, there were besides that one. But there were, there were a few where he does meet a few other people, and they cut those out. Maybe he met Martin Luther King Jr.? I don't even yeah, remember. Yeah, he's supposed to. And yeah, yeah. I read about that one. Right. No, well, they, I mean, they filmed it or they didn't film it? Because I'm talking about stuff that they filmed. Uh, that I don't know, but the scene is supposedly he met Martin Luther King Jr. And there was there were dogs that were, atta- like, attacking them. I, mean, I guess, I don't know if the, the police had sent them or, like, where it was. Like, I don't know if this is in Selma or where. Um, and that Forrest Gump is uh, the one who kind of um, waylays the dogs and, like, calms yeah. them down. <laughs> And that, like, he's just such, like, a magical, mythical creature. Um, yeah, and then that's yeah, how right. he I just thought it was, it was Martin Luther King Jr. And he interrupts him and, and apologizes for interrupting his parade, which was the, the march on Selma. Right. So, yeah. The, I, they, they, they do such a great job of, of connecting things into history. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it more throughout the course of, of the show about how they actually even frame for the audience when everything is taking place just by small little shots on a TV screen or something like that to, to let you know what day this particular thing happened or whatever. So they did that. Uh, so I, I love the movie. I, if I remember correctly, I saw it twice in the theater, and I've seen it uh, dozens of times since. It's usually a movie I watch every uh, year or two, if not more. Mm-hmm. Uh, just such a fun movie for me. I remember also being excited that it won all, all the Oscars that it won on, uh, you know, at the at the Academy Awards that year, the soundtrack is one of my favorite soundtracks, movie soundtracks. I, I can listen to it over and over. Absolutely. Uh, the musical score by Alan Silvestri mm-hmm. is also amazing. 
uh, I think the, the Forrest Gump suite is I think like eight minutes or something like that. I can sit and listen to that over and over and over also because it, uh, it, the way it just flows and it's just great. So yeah, uh, I guess you can say I'm a fan of this movie.